Hello, and welcome to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer, not just for Louisiana, but for the entire northern Gulf Coast. And now, introducing your host, Alan DeRitter. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. This is our September 23rd edition, and we welcome all of our new listeners and, of course, all our, our steady listeners uh, uh, all over the Gulf Coast. Found out I was playing a team from the Biloxi Gulfport area and found out that they were big fans, and, and uh, I was telling them that uh, we really need to get more news from Mississippi on the show and Alabama and the Florida Panhandle, and so we're working on that. Uh, I don't think they felt like they were welcome to do so, and uh, I've always we said we're the voice of soccer in the Gulf South. So we, we start our show off always with a prayer. And Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear God, thanks for all the uh, good soccer I saw this weekend. And uh, thank you that uh, uh, that you're giving me some clarity as to what the real problem is with youth soccer. And I pray that the show can be able to uh, help us and step this uh, uh problem that we have really in developing players uh, to the correct level. And uh, I pray that everybody takes it well and we can all somehow start to work together. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, everybody, tonight's show, we're going to kind of focus on some things I discovered this weekend uh, when I was uh, coaching my girls in their very first soccer tournament. Uh, they're a U19 group, but they're really full of uh, half full of uh high school freshmen and sophomores. And so they got baptized with fire, uh, literally baptized with fire. We played the Chicago fire team that, uh, that uh, went to the regionals and won nationals in, uh, in uh, Colorado. And, uh, it was, it was a great learning experience for our girls. Then they played Baton Rouge and they played Gulfport and, um, uh, they learned so much soccer in one weekend. And I, I want to, uh, say very, very much, uh, that, I thought all of the coaches from all three of those clubs were very, very gracious to us because really uh, they could have risked injury playing us and they could have disinvited us. Uh, uh, but instead they let us play. They made us feel welcome playing. And, uh, and our girls, like I said, uh, gained a lot. I hope they gained something, but, but at least, um, uh, I mean, playing time is at a premium. There's so few teams out there and, uh, it's kind of sad for our girls because the only teams that they can play are really just exceptional teams at that age group. Cause most of the girls by that time who are novice or, or have no intention of going to play college ball, they wind up just, uh, uh sailing away. And, uh, all you got is, best of the best and a lot of my girls really they're not focused on playing at the next level uh, or some of them the younger ones have a dream of playing on the next level and their playground experience uh, uh, encouraged them if they could play at the next level and this weekend kind of gave them a little taste of reality uh, that if they really want to play at the next level they got a lot of catching up to do and and then that's where professional coaching comes in that's where I come in and and, uh, and then you try to point them in the right direction. Scrimmaging at a playground is not going to do it for these girls. And, uh, uh, and that's the truth. Okay. Um, anyway, so 
I had a lot of cooperation from the from three of the big clubs in the region uh, this weekend um, at the Gator Fest, and I so I experienced something really really positive. They thought I was kind of crazy, but even they started to see. Well, Sunday morning I got in a long conversation with a lot of people, and they actually saw the benefit of what we were doing uh, because you can talk about soccer, you can practice soccer all you want to, nothing replaces game experience nothing at all and uh, uh that is definitely uh the case uh with these girls i think they realized it. they really were kind of humble the first game and embarrassed and the second game they were starting to go down that track then in the second half of the second game they started to see growth to the point that in the third game we shut out gulf coast united Okay, of course they weren't throwing their horses at us in a uh, full throttle, but but I think they were at least trying to because I think they needed um some goals to advance and um and they we held them to 5 and and uh that might not sound like much to all of y'all, but for a team that has no business being on the field with a team like that, um that was a huge victory for us and not just for us but the high schools that they play for, uh which are three of them. And uh, uh I'm really really excited. Okay, before we so anyhow, before we get going, uh, I gotta take us take a minute and uh, pay for the show by uh, uh, reaching out to our sponsors. When we come back, I'm gonna talk to you about really some of the misunderstanding standings that I found. Uh, a, Walking the club about our show we had a couple of weeks ago, and uh, uh, and then I'm going to have a segment on what I think the solution is, uh, which, which I think is worth hanging on to the show and listening to. I'd like to hear what you think and uh, and uh, your response to my suggestion. Uh, and of course, there's many ways you can do it. You can, if you're listening on uh, Anchor, you can leave a voice message directly onto the show. Um, you can also direct message me at Monday Night Football on Twitter and on Facebook. That's at M-N-F-U-T-B-O-L. You can get in touch with me on LA Prep Soccer. Anyway, let's go pay our bills. And when we come back, we're going to talk about these misconceptions that I found on the playgrounds on Monday Night Football. I'm Alan Derrida, the head soccer coach at De La Salle for the boys and girls and director coaching at Soccer Innovations. We'll see you after the break. Hello, this is Coach Alan DeRitter, and one of the benefits of living in South Louisiana are the many fall festivals you can go to. One problem, however, for us soccer people is that we're out on the fields and are pretty tired after games and usually we head home instead of going out and enjoying them. Well, one solution I've found for this problem throughout the years is attending the Lafouche Soccer Association Sugarfest. You get all of the great food and festivities along with over 90 teams participating in great soccer. This year's Sugarfest is October 11th through 13th at the Raceland Soccer Complex. The cost is some of the most reasonable rates for any tournament held anywhere. Apply at SigSports.com or just type Sugarfest on any search engine to apply. You gotta hurry for the deadline to get in. It's October 2nd. So come on out and join me at this year's Lafouche Soccer Sugarfest, October 11th through 13th in Les Elebantons Roulet. All right, everybody, and welcome back to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. And again, um, our show tonight is brought to you by the Sugar Fest, and uh, it's a festival within a soccer tournament. It's a wonderful experience. I was in Raceland last week playing their U19, I think they're U19 girls, 
and uh, and they're pumped and stoked, ready to go to try to make uh, this experience the best uh, that you will have during the soccer season. So take a look at it. Go to their website. Uh, just type in Sugarfest on your search uh, engine, and really, there's still a couple more days left to register, and uh, and they'll work with you. And uh, there's just really, really good people over there in the Lafouche area. All right. As I was walking around Gatorfest, I started realizing that people think this show and myself personally are against the big clubs. Okay. And, and, uh, I was, uh, I was taken aback by it. And I think I'm going to surprise a lot of you on this show tonight. Uh, I'm, I'm not against them. Okay. Our system is set up for that. And the only way players are going to get exceptional. Uh, experiences on, on the field is if they're playing the best competition that is out there. And right now, the best competition that is out there is in the pay for play system. It, it just is. And so if, if, uh, if Texas is going to have great pay for play soccer, shouldn't Louisiana have great pay for play soccer? Okay. And, uh, I'm speaking to you as a resident of Louisiana. Uh, I'm glad our little league won the little league world series and that's their version of pay for play. You're probably not going to see one of those players in the big leagues, but it was nice to see Louisiana competing in the little uh, college world series, you know, little league. And, uh, cause everybody recognizes little league baseball, you know, and everybody recognizes us soccer, especially us youth. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. And again, uh, I encourage you to check out, uh, or to check out rather the Sugarfest, uh, from Lafouche. Uh, it is a worthwhile experience. It's a, it's a great way to start to wind down your, um, fall club season, which is too fast and furious to begin with. And it's a chance for y'all to have fun uh, during the weekend and get some really, really good food. Um, I was down there last week uh, with their girls team, and they're stoked about the tournament. They're stoked about our sponsorship for the tournament. Uh, they're going to have a record amount of teams, it looks like. And uh, and that's just going to add to the experience. So take a look at it. Uh, instead of me giving you complicated uh, information, just go to Sugarfest uh, on your Google search engine, and it's going to send you right to Sync Sports. And then you can see the rest of the details, the price which you're not going to find a tournament uh, with our level of soccer priced that reasonable, okay? And uh, and that's the truth of the matter, okay? So going into this segment is I got the impression walking around Lafayette this weekend is that everybody, and probably including you uh, listening, thinks that I'm against the big clubs in Louisiana. And uh, I'm not. I am not. Our system in our country uh, is geared for the big clubs to succeed. It's frustrating as a little club uh, if you're trying to compete at that level. In my case, I'm not. I'm trying to reach a, a, an audience that is not um, um, attainable, like where, where the club soccer at that level can't, can't even be touched. And so I try to develop them. But, y'all, I don't think Soccer Innovations America is the answer to the pro the problem. I think it's the answer to a problem, okay? Making sure that kids who can't afford to play get to play. But I can't, at Soccer Innovations, give those kids the experience that Baton Rouge Soccer Association can do, okay? Those guys can go to Los Angeles. They can go to Detroit, um, uh, Dayton, Ohio, uh, Memphis. 
and play these elite teams that exist in all four regions uh, in our country. And you only get better by playing the better teams. As, as I was telling you earlier with my with my uh, U18, 19 girls at Soccer Innovations, you know, they're not going to get better with me talking to them with a chalkboard or me giving them extremely uh, elevated practices. Uh, there's nothing that teaches like competition. And, uh, and if our kids are going to make it in the system that we have right now, uh, we need to be the best at it. And, you know, I, I think I have celebrated, especially uh, uh, when when any of the teams that we had in Louisiana go and perform well in region and in, uh, and in national competition, okay? Uh, uh, all you got to do is look at the old episodes. I'm not against those people, y'all. Uh, I'm not, okay? I'm against the system. The system is the problem, okay? And in the next segment, I'm going to give you my solution Uh is uh, but uh, it, it 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 is built okay to for these clubs to exist, and I'm from Louisiana. I want I want Louisiana to succeed, uh, just like our the College World Series did. Okay, those are pay for play players. They're probably never going to play in the major leagues. You never know, but I would put a lot. Of, I, I would I would bet my house that none of them are going to make it to the big time because really they got on that team because they can they raised the money to be able to get going and participate in the tournaments that were able to launch them to the big one okay and uh, that's just how youth sports is going now you know and uh uh, except in American football, you know, it is a local scene. You don't have to go nationally because you can, you have so many great teams locally. Uh, you can develop players. And I don't think a football player, uh, you can't, you cannot compare football to American to American football in America to our football because, uh, you could take a kid as a ninth grader or a 10th grader and turn him into a great football player. We're doing that with a senior right now, Adela Sal. He's, he's an All-American type uh, basketball player and he wanted to give football a shot. And he's going to probably get a better scholarship offer in football than he's going to get in basketball. And uh, and he's we've, we haven't even had him for a year yet. Whereas if you're coming out as a junior in high school to, to an elite high school team or or uh, um Top tier comp one team, forget about it. Unless you're playing goalie, goalie is a position you can learn and, and be trained to play, but no, no other positions, as, as my girls are finding out. You know, there's just too many skills you have to have mastered by the time you're 18 years old, and it takes a long time to do it. So uh, I, I do want to see Louisiana Fire Lafayette um, uh, Youth Soccer Association Calcasieu, which we hardly talk about, um, uh, and of course Cabosa and Nelsa, uh, and now really uh, you can't say crosswords anymore because they're Cajun Soccer Club. But we want to see them all survive and thrive, you know, and and to make it and beat Texas and 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 to maybe beat the California teams that are out there, but. I'm looking at the big picture, everybody. I don't have many heartbeats left in this ticker of mine. And the problem isn't the big clubs. Is Are big clubs a problem? Yes. Are, is money a problem? Yes. It's a, it's a huge problem. And I can look at it from an American football perspective. For those of you who don't know, I, I, I got through college as a, as a manager with the LSU football team, uh, really basically student coaching the kickers for three years. And uh, for – in my day, anyway, and uh, and I got to see the ins and outs of American football. American football players are not paying to get developed, okay, and uh, and they're making a good living when they get out. They don't realize that I'm like, they don't realize that they're 
getting severely underpaid compared to soccer players professionally, but uh, that's because their focus is only on the United States. But once you start looking globally, your eyes get wide open. I like to show my students that, that I think that, oh, football is everything. Well, not really. Okay, not even here in America. Okay, uh, an offensive lineman is is not going to make the kind of money uh, uh, a starter in the Major League Baseball is going to make. So, uh, there's a lot of people who do understand that and all. So, uh, anyway, uh, that's the system that we're in. Uh, uh, and I'll tell you, uh, what I see as a problem is is what we discussed on that show. It, it, here's a problem. Okay, I, I started Soccer Innovations for these kids who couldn't go play for the fire and the other clubs that were out there. Okay? Uh, what chaffs my behind is when – other clubs, and it's usually not the fire. It is sometimes is some of the fire teams, and then when the fire brass find out, they, they discipline those coaches and whatnot. But uh, for the most part, it's these startup clubs that they see our players. They they recruit our players on this. Like they're literally recruiting their parents during our games to come to their club, and then the kids jet and go to their clubs. And we let them go at Soccer Innovations. We don't, we don't have to let them go, but we release them because that's the whole purpose of what we exist is to develop. We, won't, we don't want to just develop them as soccer players, but as people. But if they make it to the next level or to a better team, then we've done our job, you know. And there are many players uh, out there that we've talked about on this show that started their journey with our Soccer Innovations. And it gets aggravating when people recruit our players. It really does. But uh, uh, I, I see why why these big clubs are kind of aggravated because it's one thing to start a club and start it with brand new players. Okay. That, that's an awesome thing. Dave Ruffning did that. You know, I've done that. Uh, but it's another thing to start a club with players who are registered with another club. Okay. Now you're talking about a business. All right. And quite frankly, y'all like it or not, some of the, some, some of the small clubs might be charging less but their focus still is the business plan of their organization. Okay. Trying to, trying to raise money through sponsorships and tuition to be able to pay their directors and their coaches. Okay. And, and, and the more clubs that start up, the weaker really the teams get in the area and the less chance they're going to have to beat North Texas. Okay. Um, we started in New Orleans with a big three. It turned into a big one. Now it's back to a medium-sized one and a small ten. <laughs> and and uh, and that's it's good from one end. That all these kids are playing soccer, you know. But another end, I want you to think of this real carefully. We're decreasing the level of development of our players because. Some of these players are not going to get the opportunity to get to a regional, to win a regional and go to a national because there won't be enough teams on that club team to be able to field an excellent roster. You might have some hiccups on the team. And when you get at that level, everybody, there's no hiccups on North Texas's team. North Texas has got the creme de la creme de la creme. And, and anybody on their bench could start for us. And, and so if you're going to try to beat a team like that, you've got to have a, a furious team on the field. And the more we dilute the talent, the less that's going to happen. Okay. So how do we deal with that? Well, we've got to change the system. Okay. And I got a suggestion on the next 
segment uh, to do so. I hope you all listen in, and um, uh, and I'd like to hear what y'all think about it. We're going to take a break for a second, uh, pay our bills, and then when we come back, I'm going to offer my suggestions of the solution of this pay-for-play system on Monday Night Football. Again, I'm Coach DeRitter, and I'll see you after the break. Hello, everybody. This is Coach DeRitter from Monday Night Football. And now I'm going to just voice what I've said before. If you've listened to the show uh, at least consistently, you know what I think the solution is. But we've gotten a lot of new listeners lately. So I'm going to give you what I think the solution is. And I wish somebody with power would take me seriously on this. Okay? Um, I think the solution is for teams like the Dynamo and Broussard or the Louisiana Fire in New Orleans, all right, that... I think it's the responsibility of Major League Soccer, which was born by U.S. Soccer's initiative in the 94 World Cup. I think it's time for them to give back, and they will actually get back in return, uh, which is the funny thing. Uh, they, they need to give back. I know it's not a part of our national culture uh, for professional teams to go down and and develop talent. Uh, although some of the people do do that, like my brother-in-law works with the Houston Astros and he goes to the Dominican Republic once a year because they, they literally have a farm school for Dominican Republic players. They develop them uh, and they pay for their schooling, and which is not that much money compared to the money that they were making, okay? Um, a private school in the Dominican Republic is, is probably one-eighth the price of a public school in, in America, you know, when it comes to operation costs and, and whatnot. And anyway, my brother-in-law goes down and evaluates the talent and he sees if there's any talent worth moving to the States and uh, uh, or whether or not the person just needs to be developed totally in the Dominican Republic and then get them in international tournaments and then groom them in the minor leagues, you know? Uh, I, I think with soccer, it can't work exactly like that. But I do think this. I think, okay, so let's say we get the can't uh, – the um, uh, what is it? Real Salt Lake. What a ridiculous name. Anyhow, so Real Salt Lake, let's say they sponsor soccer innovations, okay? You listen in Real Salt Lake, all right? You sponsor me, you pay me a salary. You sign a contract, which I'm pretty sure the the, the uh, teams that do sponsor youth youth clubs do, they do have the contracts on it, that they're a member of the uh the Real Madrid, uh, Real Madrid, Real Salt Lake program. And, uh, they have to be released in order to play for another, another major league club, uh, farm system. But you got to go the next step further and pay the directors of coaching and the coaches on that club. Okay. Now what's going to happen when you do that is your, your tuition is going to plummet. Okay. Now travel expenses are still going to be a big problem, you know, but maybe not so much if, if there are all the major clubs are sponsored by these, um, uh, major league soccer institutions. You know, there's still going to be a place for small clubs, you know, and, uh, and for in rural areas. And, and there's still going to be a need for kids who live in rural areas to drive to Baton Rouge or drive to Lafayette. Um, but at least now the price, the tuition won't be an issue. Okay. Um, maybe they could spend all their fundraising on going to these tournaments like AAU basketball teams do. And, and, uh, Everybody's happy in the uh, business part of soccer, which, you know, if you don't think youth soccer is a business, wake up, okay? Wake up. 
One of the things that gets my wife aggravated is that I do this for really nothing. And we all know out there, people with uh, with uh, the, the background that I have, they're making six figures, okay? Uh, and I can't knock them for that. That's just the way the system is set up. I'm not knocking all of you who are making six figures listening to the show. That's just the reality of it. That's why I think we get the, all these foreign national coaches coming here. You can actually make money coaching youth soccer, whereas – um, if you're if you're the uh, Barcelona de- uh, youth development coach, you're going to get paid a nice salary, maybe even as much as we pay our directors of coaching here, and you're going to be within the farm system and the coaching area so that you could work up the ladder, which is a high motivation that most of our directors of coaching don't have, and, and then you know the sky's the limit to how much our coaches and how much our players develop and how much our participation numbers are going to increase at the highest level instead of right now we're getting a boom of of increased participation with the smaller clubs, okay? Now, what I said is a lot to digest, okay? Uh, But I do think that could work if we get somebody with the proper enlightenment, you know, out there with power. I don't have any power, you know. I'm hoping that one day somebody will listen to this show who has power in U.S. soccer and thinks that that's a good idea. Uh, I think it would not cost them that much money. They're starting to fill the stands. In Atlanta, they're putting 75,000 people in the bleachers, you know. Um, you start to increase um, interest also in your team because now if, if – uh, Quite frankly, Chicago Fire games are watched down here because we have a hundred kids, more than a hundred, a thousand kids wearing Chicago Fire uniforms, and so of course they're going to be somewhat interested in what's going on with the Chicago Fire. When reality, Chicago's not even a. Uh, you know, on these kids' radar uh, as a, as a place, and they probably wouldn't tune into Chicago Fire game otherwise. So it's a win, win, win. It might not be a win at the start, just like Major League Soccer wasn't a win at the start either, if you remember. Okay, now we're getting to the point where we're prof- we are um, um, supporting women's professional soccer. I think this World Cup, I think, launched that to to a degree that it's never going to die out again. So. Uh, this can be an exciting time. This can be a time when when uh, we can we can develop American players the way we need to develop them, and and it's a way where everybody can win. Okay, uh, so if you're a really good coach, you go coach at a really high level, and you're going to get paid a really good salary because darn it, you know, I mean, we are worth it, y'all. It, it, we don't just become coaches just to show up. Okay, it takes a lot of time, it takes licensing, and you got to study the game endlessly. I mean, the professional coaches in Louisiana know what they're doing, and they do it well, and they're basically volunteers except for the directors of coaching because they're not being paid. Paid what they're worth, and uh, and they know it, but they love the game, so they usually have another job on the side, and uh, and which is a, which is a detriment to the game because really what people like me should be doing instead of me teaching religion all day long, which I don't mind by the way, that's a vocation of mine, but. Imagine if I was studying soccer all day long, calling directors of coaching in uh, in Denmark. Okay, uh, how, how do you do it in, in São Paulo, and uh, and or just researching what they're doing there because the game's always changing, and uh, and then I could develop myself. Really, if I would have one week uh, during the, during the 
the club season with no other responsibilities than Soccer Innovations of America, I'm telling you, watch out. Okay, I could recruit sponsorships. I could recruit players, uh, like not recruiting players from other clubs, but trying to put signs out for the kids who are not participating in soccer to be made aware that there is soccer out there. Okay, I, I, I can uh, try to get sponsorships so that I can pay my coaches. So uh, what happens with us is soccer innovations. I develop a coach and then they jet for the paycheck, which isn't that much money, but it's a lot more money than I'm paying them. I pay my coaches zero. <laughs> so anyway, uh, uh, it, it is food for thought, y'all. And I like to keep bringing that, that solution up. Uh, I would love to sit down and maybe talk with, that, with the MLS brass about it. Uh, I think with somebody who has a business savvy mind, uh, not me, but somebody who understands the ins and outs of economics, uh, it could be a, it could be a, a a windfall for the sport. And then maybe we got something. Uh, maybe, maybe in a World Cup 25 years from now, we'll finally have great athletes developed because every now and then you're going to get, because we're getting this now. Every now and then you're going to get a, a person who wouldn't have played soccer otherwise playing soccer. Okay. I saw uh, this weekend uh, girls that I know 30 years ago would have probably played club volleyball playing, playing soccer. And, and they love it because soccer's become the, elite sport for women in, in the United States. So why are they on the soccer field? That's why. Okay. Uh, um, and then it takes care of itself, everybody. So uh, it still would be a long process, but it'd be a process that maybe before I'm put, pushing daisies out of the ground, uh, I can maybe see a World Cup, at least semifinal team from the United States of America. Let me know what you think, okay? Please let me know what you think, okay? You can direct message me if you don't want your thoughts out and out loud. You can uh, uh, start a, a blog post on on this uh, entry on, on on LA Pep Soccer, or you know you could uh, leave your comments on our Monday Night Football page on Twitter or on Facebook. It's at MNFUTBOL. Again, I want to thank these folks in Lafouche uh, for sponsoring tonight's show. And uh, I really, really appreciate it. And I'm really glad to see that we might be helping them out. And if you have a tournament, let me push your tournament over here on this show. And uh, especially if you have a week, you know, some openings in a certain age group. And you'd be surprised how many people listen to the show. I'm surprised all the time. And and maybe we can get your tournament on the ground, but I, I definitely encourage all of y'all to go to Raceland for the Sugar Fest. Uh, it's, it's extremely uh, reasonable. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Usually when you finish a game and a tournament, you jet in your car and you go to the next restaurant down the street or maybe your hotel room. What happens in the Sugar Fest is when you finish, everybody jets to the food court and they take their launch chairs out and watch LSU football game or whatever football game that's on and eat some just fantastic Cajun food and also Hispanic foods too. Uh, I saw that at the Sugar Fest. I mean, uh, the Gator Fest this weekend, uh, an Hispanic uh, table that was constantly being raided by hungry get, uh, hungry kids and uh, parents. So uh, I'm going to tell you, the Sugar Fest has that down to a science. So go check out what I'm talking about. Uh, type in Sugar Fest in your uh, web search engine, and you can get all the details. And remember, the I think the uh, October 2nd deadline is next week. So get your team in now because they're starting, I think, close age groups. That's how big they're getting this year. Anyhow, this is Coach Alan DeRitter. I wish you and your family the best, and I uh, hope you enjoy your last week of September. And, um, and I hope that God blesses you and yours uh, uh, abundantly. 
um, Carpe Diem in Christ, and hopefully we'll see you next week on Monday Night Football. Bye-bye.